The journey to the playoffs has been quite arduous for the Winnipeg Jets as of late, but with a massive win over the Minnesota Wild, the Jets have now claimed the one point that they needed to get into the postseason and lock their playoff berth. It wasn't the cleanest of games, and it required a little bit of uh, game-saving magic from, from Connor Hellebuck, but you know what? You win, you're in, and everything is golden. We'll dive into this game and Winnipeg's near future on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms of choice. Doing so, of course, is free and ensures you never miss another episode of Most of All, We just really love and appreciate your support. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL to get $20 off your first purchase. Stay tuned to hear more about the GameTime app and how it can help save you a bundle of money on your next event tickets. Now, like I said at the intro, obviously the Jets are a team that has, well, gone from zero to hero uh, back to zero at times throughout the season. It's been a roller coaster ride. Winnipeg, to be quite honest, went from playing pretty decent hockey uh, at the first half of the season and kind of starting off relying on Hellebuck to eventually becoming a legit force at even strength to then still being pretty decent at even strength, but not actually finishing owing to shot location, uh, poor luck, and just a lack of elite scoring talent past the first couple of lines. Factor that in with Connor Hellebuck looking mortal for a bit, and suddenly, for two and a half to three months, the Jets looked like they were taking a bit of a break on the season, while the season was still ongoing. But thankfully, you know, when it, it mattered most in the Jets, needed to rally. They pulled off a couple of really big wins, uh, most of them happening within the last two to three weeks. And the Jets, you know, they sat on the precipice of a playoff spot. But after beating, of course, the San Jose Sharks on Monday, a Tuesday night back-to-back game against the Minnesota Wild on the road seemed like a lot to ask for even just a point, right? This Minnesota Wild team has not lost very many games at all. I think they had, what, four regulation losses or something in their last 10 or 20 games. I mean, that's pretty crazy. I mean, this this wild squad, look, partly reliant on, on Gustafson or whoever it is in net. Sometimes it's flurry. But, you know, this wild team, even when their top six is the only unit that's scoring, it's a very stingy team. They don't give you a lot of space. They're very physical. And I think in this game we saw... The Jets, quite frankly, get bullied around a little bit, and not for a lack of wanting to be physical, but the Jets were trying to stay disciplined and avoid getting involved in uh, the goonery that was kind of unfolding around them. The referees kind of lost control of this game when Ryan Reeves hit, was it was it DeMello in the back? Like, it was a square hit across the, the numbers, should have been a very clear boarding, maybe even a major, and after that, of course, we had the Ehlers hit after he 
went after somebody with a bit of a body check on Kaprizov, I think it was. He comes back through the neutral zone, nowhere near the puck, and Ryan Hartman clearly interferes with him and catches him up high, and Ehlers leaves the game. So very physical, a lot going on. We even saw Rick Bonus and Dean Evison uh, actually jawing off, and I think Bonus or Evison, one of those two, invited the other to fight them. So yeah, I mean, what <laughs> on earth was this game? Fish Officiating aside, a couple of really standout things worth talking about. Uh, the first is that, you know, Connor Hellebuck was freaking unbelievable. I mean, this guy made some of the best saves of the season in one of the biggest games of the season. When you need your stars to really stand out and elevate their level of play to really carry you through some of your weaker stretches, I mean, could you ask for more from your leading man in net? Hellebuck has been this team's anchor for years, but the way that he played in this game was unbelievable. Just look at that one uh, stop of him essentially being frozen to the left side, left post. He has to basically sprawl and flip and vault over across to get his stick on a clear shot that was right at an empty cage. Amazing save and just one of many from Hellebuck who really outdid himself in this game. I don't even want to know what the expected goals were uh, for Minnesota because they had so many you know, high danger chances, occasionally empty nets, and tons of net front chaos that the Jets' defense just could not clear, which not really surprising. Winnipeg had just played the previous evening and was probably a little bit tired. But other than that, you know, it was really nice to see the first line playing pretty well. Mark Scheifele got a, a nice goal. Um, but the, the third line that I think a lot of people have you know, rightly criticized over the past couple of months. This one had a big game. Um, Lowry opened the scoring in the first few minutes with Niederreiter and Morrissey chipping in, and it kind of set the tone, right? Minnesota had been out shooting the Jets up to this point, outplaying them and all that, but Winnipeg scored first. Shifley adds a second, and it just seemingly puts the Jets in cruise control over their own destiny. Now, they weren't actually in that much cruise control because Winnipeg had to rely very heavily on Hellebuck doing his thing. But despite all the chaos, despite even a Kaprizov, I think it was a power play goal uh, in the third period, the Jets managed to rally back and, you know, really keep that momentum going, winning three to one. Appleton should chipped in the third goal off of a great assist from Morgan Barron. And after that, everything just sort of kicked off. There were tons of fireworks I mean, this really felt more like a playoff game than anything, which is funny because neither of these teams are slated currently to meet in the postseason unless somehow the, the brackets align. But I don't even know if that's actually possible for those squads to meet. So, yeah, very interesting game. Um, Hellebuck, I would say, was very clearly the first star of the evening. But the third line should probably get a shout as having had a major role, which is good to see. Niederreiter joining that unit has been a very big blessing, and it helps the, the top six maybe have a little bit of a an extra bit of support recently that they have been lacking for the past several months. Now, of course, uh, the Jets aren't the only team in action. I want to talk a little bit about um, who else is playing and, and why it really impacts the Jets, especially as they try and figure out their upcoming playoff series and ultimately reflect a little bit on how the Jets can close out this year successfully in preparation for what could be a very... Uh, either very short playoff run or a very long one, depending on how Hellebuck kind of holds up. We'll dive into all of that in just a moment. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Game Time. 
obviously when it comes to buying tickets and stuff, we all know how difficult and expensive it is. You go through all of these different services. They have huge fees. You might not be getting the best price. And you don't always know if you're even buying real tickets. Sometimes there are scams. That's why GameTime is a fantastic alternative. It's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. It helps you find flash deals and last-minute pricing. You can get easy-to-find tickets and also get a great seat view so you know exactly what you're paying for before you even step into the arena or venue. You'll also get their lowest price guarantee with event cancellation protection and so much more. If you always run into problems with your tickets, especially for those of you who have very uh, difficult schedules, this is a great way to avoid a lot of the hassle and make sure that you're always backed by one of the best ticket vendors out there. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. And like I said, last minute flash pricing is always something to keep in mind. So if you're looking for that best deal and a great guarantee, you'll always get the best price. Be sure to use GameTime. Snag the tickets without the stress and go to GameTime right now. Download the GameTime app, trade an account, and again, use promo code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, you have to create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us as we are continuing our conversation of Winnipeg now having clinched a playoff spot, massive victory, big dubs, we all like it. Uh, wasn't the cleanest game, like I said, but you know what? It is what it is. Who even freaking cares? The Jets are in. Uh, now, Hellebuck can get a much-needed rest as the Jets start to prepare for um, their likely first-round opponent. So, as it stands right now, obviously a couple of teams are finish, finishing up their games, uh, but the two that are actually important for Winnipeg have just concluded. Edmonton defeated the Colorado Avalanche 2-1, to and uh, C- uh, Vegas ended up beating Seattle 4-1, to which is not super ideal in some ways for the Jets, but also probably a little bit of help in the other. I mentioned on yesterday's episode that, you know, the Jets have two opponents and both are very good. But if we have to choose one, I would say, let's go with the Knights. I know that Mark Stone's coming back and I know that Vegas is a very strong team. But like I said, the Oilers are a juggernaut right now. They are just eating through opponents. Uh, They are doing some of the craziest level of total team offensive output that we've seen in the cap era. I mean, they've got like what? 323 goals or something as a team, something along those lines, which is 20 or so more than the next closest team. So this squad's offense is extremely potent. They have an acceptable-ish goaltending situation. The defense is just sort of mediocre, but contributes offensively. So really, that forward group is what you're really concerned about because McDavid, Dreisaitl, and all of their supporting cast of talent that they've picked up it's it's a legit threat, and now with Matias Ekholm on the back end, they've added a really big defender in place of Tyson Berry, who was starting to decline uh, pretty rapidly. So, yeah, the Oilers, legit uh, worrying team for me, especially because McDavid and Dreisaitl on that power play are going to be almost unstoppable. Um, I, I know that even Hellebuck has had trouble with these guys. Who doesn't? I mean... Hellebuck has seen the uh, the best and worst from them, so 
I'm glad that there's a good chance that Vegas is going to be the team the Jets face because between those two, yeah, I think Vegas presents the more beatable challenge. I think Vegas's goaltending situation and the lack of elite, elite superstar talent is more in line with how the Jets are going to have to essentially get by the first round. Winnipeg would have a really hard time, I think, versus the Oilers, unlike the first time that they met them. I know that the uh, Oilers outplayed the Jets during that one playoff series, but still got swept anyways. I don't think that's going to happen this time. If the Jets face Edmonton in the first round, yeah, not ideal. The good news, though, is that because Vegas ended up winning as well, uh, the the Knights are going to stay just a little bit ahead of the Oilers. Where it starts to get dicey is if the Oilers win and Vegas loses. Suddenly, um, in that last game, you know, they're level on points. And what would really suck for the Jets is, you know, the Oilers have the uh, regulation and overtime win tiebreaker. So for the Jets, this is a very dicey situation. I know that Vegas is a scary team, but if I have to choose, please just let them face Vegas and not Edmonton. And besides, I think this is a great opportunity for Hellebuck to kind of see some closure from 2017, 2018. It feels like for the past four to five years, We've had unfinished business from what should have been a Stanley Cup winning Jets team. Instead, though, we've all been left wanting and waiting and wishing and pining away for something to happen so that the Jets can get another shot at redemption and show off the kind of team that they can truly be. Now, sometimes they have shown us that and it's not always been pretty, but other times, you know, this Jets team still has moments where I see some of the plays that they pull off and it's it's elegant. It's art. It's wonderful. They don't do it enough, but... I still at times really enjoy watching this team. And so having at least a few more playoff games for that, no matter what the outcome is, that's pretty cool. Uh, I, I, I think we're all a little bit starved for some not only playoff action, but like decent playoff action, not just a team uh, heavily reliant on Winnip- or on Hellebuck like the Jets have been recently. But, you know, whatever we see, we'll see. Hopefully Winnipeg can at least make a go of it if they get bounced in the first round. But this would be a really nice time for Connor Hellebuck to uh, really steal his nerves and resolve and show why he has been a Vesna contender at times this season. Now, obviously, the Jets still have one more game against the Colorado Avalanche before they close up the regular season. And I want to talk a little bit about how the Jets maybe should start preparing for the postseason and who I would like to see maybe get a look in the lineup uh, in the in the final game of the regular season as the Jets try and maybe figure out if they have any secret weapons that they can just call upon from their reserves. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Lockdown Winnipeg Jets, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm just wrapping up really quickly with some final thoughts on tonight's show. Uh, Obviously, the Jets have clinched a playoff berth. Things are feeling good. Vibes are up. Social media is roaring. Uh, All of this on the back of a very strange video earlier that the Jets released talking about Forever Winnipeg. If you saw it, you know exactly what I'm talking about, Um, essentially saying that Jets fans have to show up or the team is leaving. So, yeah, uh, a strange day of mixed messaging, but you know what? It is what it is. We're still making the postseason. We get to watch playoff hockey. Let's make that the focus for now and deal with the other weird stuff later. Now, for the Jets, obviously, um, they've still got one regular season game, which means that the Jets have an opportunity to try and maybe test out a few things, right? The power play has been kind of betterish with uh, Nikolai Ehlers coming back, but I think one thing I would like to see is maybe one or two depth players rotated in to try and get a shot to earn a spot. Uh, for me, 
I, I really feel Jensen Harkins deserves another look. I don't know that he would necessarily displace anyone other than like Saku Menelainen or Mason Appleton uh, with how the Jets are currently oriented. But because Bones loves those guys so much, I really can't see him competing for any of those spots. And also, Jansen's not a PKer. So if he can't really do that kind of stuff, I don't think the Jets would be super interested in having him rotate in. I would also like to see um, some thoughts about, you know, David Gustafson. I'm always a big fan of his. He's been healthy scratched recently, and I really feel like if you played him over Saku, you'd probably get some pretty good forechecking results. The thing with Manalainen that I've always found very strange is like, when he's on the PK, like he's elite. Like that dude is one of the best shorthanded situation players I've ever seen. I don't know what it is, but he becomes like Wayne Gretzky prime when he's on the PK. I, I can't explain it because when he goes back to even strength, he's like a totally different player, more hesitant with the puck, makes a lot of turnovers, doesn't really participate in buildup in the way that you'd like, kind of kills offensive zone sequences. Very confusing as to how um, he goes from like being one of the best PKers, literally one of the top three penalty killers in the entire NHL to like a bottom th- like five or 10 uh, even strength player. But it is what it is. Um, I would love to see Gustafson get a line, uh, you know, a line assignment, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think Bones probably likes his guys for the most part, other than Cole Perfetti. But uh, of course, Perfetti will come in and hopefully bench one of Manalainen or something. Not that I expect it to happen, but it'd be nice if it did. I also kind of wonder how they'll rearrange the lines because it seems like so far Appleton, Lowry, and Niederreiter are clicking along pretty nicely. So I'm not really inclined to move that unit other than maybe just swapping Appleton with a higher end finisher or something. But that group, they've been doing fine. I'm okay with not breaking them up. The fourth line, I, I could see some more room for experimentation. Wouldn't mind again. One of Harkins or Gustafson maybe getting a look. I think it's also about time to bring uh, Axel Janssen Fialbi back into the, uh, the the lineup. You know, Janssen Fialbi, look, I, I have some qualms about uh, his overall game. I, I do think it lacks a little bit of finesse here and there, but I think the other thing that he brings is incredible speed, excellent uh, breakaway acceleration, plenty of, of crafty skill moves that he can use in tight spaces. And while he might not be the most prolific scorer or offensive threat, his presence alone and the space that he can create when he's driving up the ice, you know, with possession just makes him for me, a guy that I think would really help Winnipeg out. And you know what, even with his limited offensive upside, I still feel like he gets into good shooting positions defensively. He's relatively reliable. There's just actually a lot to like in his game. He's kind of like uh, a branded tan of 2.0, if you will. Um, But this time, instead of getting the first version of branded, the Jets already have a reasonably seasoned NHLer. So uh, again, I, I think that some of these players could really do with some not only some skating time, but also maybe getting a chance to compete for some spots as the Jets evaluate their playoff rosters. Because um, as it is, let's be real, the Jets offense, uh, the forward line combos, it's it's a little thin, right? After the top six, it gets a little bit thin. So anywhere you can squeeze out a few extra goals, even if the lineup has been uh, able to pull it off recently, you still want to make sure that you're giving your team the best chance for success. And this is a great tune-up. We also might see maybe a defender change since there is a small chance that Pionk might get a, a suspension of some sort. He got ejected at the end of the wild game for cross-checking somebody in the ribs. Very painful looking, uh, but 
Of course, I'm sure everyone expected some sort of retaliation after that horrible Hartman hit on Ehlers. That said, uh, with Pionk potentially slated to miss a game or something, it'd be nice if Winnipeg would maybe call up, I don't know, uh, Heinola or one of those guys who's been killing it recently and see if they can maybe make an impact a little bit sooner rather than later. But let me know your thoughts on all of this. Are there any Moose players that you think could also help? It's going to be tough to really call anyone up from the Moose anyways, just because they've also made the playoffs. Um, and of course, in junior hockey, the Winnipeg Ice have also made the postseason. So everything is kind of coming up Winnipeg hockey right now. Uh, fortunes may change quickly, but let's hope that they don't for the time being. So again, drop your thoughts below uh, in the comments section or at my social medias at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. On tomorrow's episode, we might do some more preview talk and also get some thoughts from fans just like you about how this Jets season has gone. For tonight's episode, though, that is all the time that we have. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen today. Make your second listen Game to Game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, and every result followed by our local analysis from uh, or our local experts who provide the expert analysis that only we can give you. Follow Game to Game on Locked on NHL, available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. As always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night.